All right, welcome to today's podcast. It is Tuesday, and we are going to talk about how the truth is <laughs> that dieting is just say no for food, right? Do you remember in the 80s when Nancy Reagan had the just say no campaign going on? I, I, she was at least the front of it. I don't know if she came up with that, but um, there was this idea that, that anyone that was thinking about doing drugs or that was doing drugs should just say no to them, right? And so I think we know at this point that that's not effective, right? Because there's a lot of other factors that go into what someone does, you know, in terms of drugs. And certainly when it comes to food, there's more factors going on than just your inability to say no to the wrong food. And so you have to think beyond just that diet mindset, which is really just a willpower mindset. Same with the just say no to drugs. It's really this idea that you're going to just mobilize and gather your willpower and just say no to the thing that you know you shouldn't do, um, that you may be addicted to. <laughs> and so um, but what I would do, and I think with, with drugs now, it's very obvious, right? We now realize, yeah, when, when someone's addicted to drugs, there's more going on there, right, under the surface that needs to be addressed and dealt with. And that is the path to getting someone, you know, clean and sober from things. And so it's the same thing with weight, right? And it's the same thing with the foods. I don't think it makes any sense and if you look at your own experience, um, this idea that you're just going to wake up some Monday and start saying no to all the unhealthy foods that you've been eating in the past, uh, I think it's just is about just as effective, you know. And so what you want to do is you want to start realizing there's more going on here. There's more going on than just you having to say no to it. There's a lot of subconscious factors influencing what foods you're eating and your ability to say no to them really has a lot less to do with your willpower and just saying no. And it has a whole lot more to do with how you think about the foods, how you think about yourself, how you think about your behaviors. And so I guess to sum that up, it's really much more about your mindset. And so it makes a lot more sense when you wanna lose weight to think of it as a path of generating, creating a new mindset for yourself, as opposed to keeping the same mindset and then just magically all of a sudden being able to say no all the time to the wrong foods. I mean, how many times have you tried this? <laughs> it doesn't work. So this other path is one of discovery, of evolution, of growth. Again, the same path that when you see people that were addicted to drugs that get off of it, it's the same path they go through. It's a, it's a self-exploration process. It's not just this magical willpower that you summon out of nowhere, right? And so I say this and I make a big deal out of it because the diets are always low key giving you this message. Right now, they make it seem different because, again, there's always this different strategy, this different tactic. I shouldn't call it a strategy because it's not a strategy, a different tactic that they're offering you. Whether it's just say no to carbs, um, don't eat for 12 hours, uh, count your points, uh, eat Mediterranean food, whatever. You know, it's one tactic, but they give you the plan and then it's up to you to just start following it. Same brain you've had that was addicted to food for 30 years, but now all of a sudden you've got a new piece of paper and a plan in front of you and you're supposed to just be able to follow that perfectly. And when you put it that way, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, however, a lot of times we fall into kind of the, the routine of dieting without really taking a step back and reflecting on what, what are we doing? What is our plan? You know, does it make sense? And a lot of times it doesn't make any sense. And that's my point here is to really point out the um, ridiculous nature of dieting <laughs> and, and to put it and to compare it again to just say no to drugs. It's the same thing. Just say no to drugs. Just say no to food right? You know, it's bad for you to start saying no to it. Yeah. You tried that didn't work. And so if it hasn't worked for you and you find yourself unable to start a new approach to mastering your weight, the alternative is to really take a deeper approach to it. Just again, this the same way we do with people that were on drugs. They start reflecting on deeper aspects of what is leading to do it. And that is what allows them to change their behaviors. And drugs are a lot more addictive than food, you know? So if they can do it, you can do it. And what it requires, though, is a mindset-based approach. How do you think about the foods? How do you think about your goal? You know, how are you framing it? What are your beliefs? You know, all of these things are what you want to start focusing on. Now, again, the downside of this is that it's a little bit, takes a little longer. Again, just say no, diets, um, that approach is popular because it's so simplistic, right? The idea that you're going to start on a Monday and just start saying no to everything, it's very simple to understand. Oh, I'll just start saying no. Now, the fact that you've tried it a thousand times and it hasn't worked, well, you know, when you're in that state where you just want to lose weight, you don't think about that, you know? Um, but when you 
take a step back and look at it, you realize, geez, that's not working. So what's the alternative? Yeah. So the alternative is a journey of exploration. So right in the description, <laughs> it's a longer process. It's a harder process in some ways, you know, harder in some ways, you know, because the hardest process to me is being stuck at the same weight, always thinking about losing weight and never doing it, you know, because you keep trying the same thing. It doesn't work. So the self-exploration model really is about shifting your mindset of starting to understand yourself, create awareness, you know, of who you are. Why are you doing what you're doing? Um, you're not eating the donut because you don't want to lose weight. There's other reasons that are there. And as you begin to uncover those and understand them, you can start to go to work on resolving them. And just like someone who was addicted to drugs, who stops it, who actually stops it, what do they do? They start to understand what are their triggers? What are the emotional states that cause them to use? What are the situation environments that cause them to use? Right? What are the people that trigger them? So they start to understand, they start to create awareness of themselves and of what leads to the behaviors that they want to change. It's a very eyes open process of discovery, of learning about themselves and then creating strategies to move themselves in the direction they want to go in. It's not just, oh, I'm going to wake up one day. I'm just, I'm on a no, no path. That ain't going to work. You know, it doesn't work for anything pretty much, you know, very rarely, you know. And so, um, so the alternative is much, again, while it may be a little longer, may take a little longer, may seem like a little bit more work, I guess. Um, but ultimately you put yourself on a path that makes a lot of sense, you know, and you can feel yourself, even if you're not exactly where you want to be, you can understand where you're at and how to get there. And that sense of knowing what you're doing and understanding the deeper factors that bring you in either direction that cause you to eat the donuts or cause you to say no to them. Um, we can learn from either of those and use that to move ourselves towards the ultimate goal of weight mastery. Okay. But it's a different process right from the start. And it can be a fun process because self-exploration is really interesting. You know, if you allow it to be, the idea of dieting is not interesting. It's just you trying to force yourself to act a different way. It rarely works and it's rarely maintainable. And you don't learn a whole lot along the way. So the journey of self-discovery, not only do you start losing weight, but you start to understand yourself more and you learn about yourself and how you function as a human being in ways that's also going to benefit, benefit you in other ways other than just your weight. All right. So put yourself on the path of discovery and begin to approach your weight loss through changing your mindset. And the first step to changing your mindset is really developing more awareness about the subconscious factors that lead you to behave the way that you do. And as you begin to understand those, again, you naturally start to develop better strategies to deal with it and get you on the path that, that moves you towards the goal that you truly want. All right. Um, yeah. So if you have y'all any questions, feel free to ask them. You know, if you're struggling with weight loss, if you're thinking about it, you know, you've been trying to lose weight, feel free. Anything you want to do. Muslimic. Oh, Hey, <laughs> Muslamico. I was sometimes people have names and it's uh screen names. It's hard to figure out what they are. That's not really one of them. How are you doing? So yeah, any 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 weight loss questions you're thinking about? I've done over five thousand private weight loss sessions. Anything you're struggling with, I can almost guarantee that I can offer you some some benefit, some beneficial uh, suggestions. The hell's going on? Um, what is all failed? I see. So yeah, so I just put a video up. How long does it take for weight loss hypnosis to work? Um, it depends. It's important to understand. It, it really, it's weight mastery. How do I take control? Yeah, either one of them. Hey, Victoria. Uh, how long does it take? It depends. It depends on the person. Depends on who you're working with. Depends on the session. How often you listen to it. Depends on where you're at. So there's just a lot of factors. I guess that that's a question I can't answer specifically. Um, but I'll give you. I'll give you an answer. Is that go to my bio, opt in, and I'll give you a, a free hypnosis session, and you can go listen to it and see. You know, see what happens. See how it feels. You know, how do I take control? How do you take control of your weight? How do you take control of what you're eating? Taking control of your eating, I'll tell you one thing, it's a process, you know? No one ever thinks of it like this, but becoming a thin person is like becoming a piano player in the sense that it's really an accumulation of skill. And no one ever thinks of it that way because the diets always make you think like you already know how to lose weight, 
because again, you, you're, I just made this video actually. And I, I think this is a, such a huge paradigm shift, but the diets are always basically focusing on this. is How you think about weight loss that you, you just have to stop doing all the bad things that you do. <clears throat> right. So, you know, all the bad things you do, you know, like bad food you eat. Um, Hey Jill, uh, you know, the bad foods you eat, you know, or, and, and kind of the, the bad habits, eating habits you have. Um, you already know those. And so a lot of your weight loss is based around the idea. I just have to stop doing those things. You know, and that's how you think about weight loss. I got to stop overeating. I got to stop eating the donuts. I got to stop eating the ice cream. I'm going to stop being overweight. But unfortunately, you're never telling yourself what to do, you know? And so your subconscious mind is running your weight. It's running all your habitual thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, right? And so, um, and so it's important that you communicate with your subconscious mind. And so your subconscious mind doesn't understand negatives. If I tell you not to think about a banana, don't think about a banana. Well, you're thinking about a banana, right? So when I keep saying, don't eat ice cream, okay, I'm not going to eat ice cream today. I'm not going to eat ice cream today. I'm not going to eat ice cream. All you're thinking about is ice cream and eating it, you know? And that's pretty much your entire weight loss in a nutshell, if you think about it. Is it not? Right? Oh, I want to get to the, the gym. I'm going to try and eat something healthy. But the majority of your thinking is what you want to stop doing, what you don't want to do. Now, all the way to the point, I don't want to be overweight. No, literally you. You think of yourself being overweight <clears throat> and then not being that version of you. Some vague idea. And so you need to start frame, reframing your language in terms of what you want to do. I want to eat a salad. I want to eat some vegetables. I need an apple. I want to eat you know, rice and chicken. Whatever it is that you want to eat. I want to be a thin, healthy person. I want to weigh X amount of pounds. You know, when you start talking about what you want specifically, that's more powerful to your subconscious mind. You know, um, I struggle when husband wants to order pizza when I start eating better. Don't want to tell him he can't, but don't want to see it. Yeah, Kelly, I get it. It's, it's hard. It's hard with other people. That, that's such a that's one of those things, you know, that like is such a real challenge for people is the people around you you know and how do you deal with that because unfortunately a lot of times it, this is gonna sound weird and i'm not saying that this isn't always the, the case but this is a common this is most likely the case most of the time is that when you start eating healthier and kind of getting on that path people around you you want the, you think they'd support you right but a lot of times they don't support you because it upsets the apple cart you know what i mean like it, it upsets the status quo and a lot of times people around you, when you start acting healthy, it's almost like you're holding a mirror up to them and they get kind of feeling, you know, weird about it, for lack of a better term. And so, yeah, that, that's a challenge. But again, the real way to master your weight is to clarify your challenges. So that could be one of them. And you begin asking the question, because right now you're, you're wrapped in this thought of, you know, when I, when I want to eat better, my husband ordered pizza and now I don't know what to do and I don't want to tell him to do it. And then I don't do it. And then I want to eat it. And then I eat it. And then, then you're all stuck in the problem of what's happened when he's ordered the pizza and how you don't know how to deal with it. What I was beginning asking is first off, you can't change what he does. And so anytime you're in a situation where you live with another person, you're around other people that are intentionally or unintentionally sabotaging you, you have to clarify that as a challenge for you. Okay. And then the next question becomes, how do I want to respond to that challenge? What's the best version of me? Again, my, my approach to weight loss, what I teach in the program is that you wrap your weight loss in personal development. So it's never just about, oh, I just want to lose weight. Oh, I got, how can I not eat the pizza? Um, what we want to do is we want to almost like, remember what would Jesus do? That question Christians would ask years ago, what helped elevate your thinking, you know? So in that's you just say, okay, when my husband gets a pizza, how do I want to respond to that? I want to be thin, healthy, happy. How would the best version of me respond in that situation? And I don't know what you'll answer. You know what I mean? Your answer might be different than mine, but that's the question that leads to a, again, down a path of, of great solutions and strategies. And then you try them out. You see which ones work, you, you know, work on the, pick the one that works the best and then optimize and tweak it. And, um, but you take control, you know, that's the main point. Cause right now you're kind of leaving it, you know, you're kind of, you're on the fence a little bit, but you're kind of like, Oh, I wish you wouldn't do that. Anytime we feel like we don't want someone to do something, again, we want to take the power back. And I like to set myself up, say, okay, I know they're going to bring pizza in here. How do I want to respond when they bring pizza? I want to eat one piece, two pieces, no pieces. What do I want to do? You know, clarify the goal. And then you work on creating that strategy to move forward with it. 
Um, I eat less and healthy when I'm alone, but it becomes difficult when I eat with my partner, I overeat. Yeah, yeah, same thing, right? So, so yeah, when I'm with my partner, I overeat. So now the goal becomes, okay. And again, you know, let me zoom back a little bit. This becomes part of my, my weight loss approach is so different than the diet because the diet, you're trying to start day one being perfect, right? It's so, so overwhelming. It's such an overcorrection that it's very difficult to keep it up. What I would suggest instead is that you focus on your worst habit, your worst eating habit, and then focus all your energy on that, on resolving it. And then get some headway with it, some solutions, some strategies that work for you. And then once you get those kind of embedded and they're working, then you move on to the next thing. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's the same thing. So, so you begin asking the question though. So you've articulated the problem. I overeat when I'm eating with my partner. Now the, the question becomes, how can I eat moderately? How can I eat the way that I want to, even when I'm eating with my partner? How can I do that? And that question programs your subconscious mind, kind of sets it out to figure out what's going to work best for you. All right. Um, Um, yeah, before Victoria says, thanks for being so clear and explaining to us to understand relationship with food. You've helped me. I'm glad Victoria. Thank you. Um, that's the point. Yeah. Right. That's why I make all these videos, help people out. Um, Betty, Betty says how to push through the pain during your menstrual cycle. Some days I cannot, can't even walk. Yeah, that, that's tough. Again, what I always say, and I mean, I really, with my hypnosis, I really dedicated a lot of my career to weight mastery. Um, but I've done some pain work as well. And hypnosis is is definitely helpful. I'm not gonna say it's gonna fix it, but it can certainly be helpful in managing it. And um, so one of them is is being able to relax, right? Because when we get in pain, we kind of tense up and we kind of have a, a, a you know tendency to focus on the pain, right? We get tense and then we focus our mind on the pain and um, that starts making it worse. So sometimes it's about, it, it, ironically, like when you feel pain, is to breathe into it and relax as much as possible in that situation and to begin to shift our focus off of where the pain is, you know, and to begin to focus on what is comfortable. What can I do to make things more comfortable for me? Not pain-free necessarily, but what's something I can do to make myself feel a little bit better. But again, this focus, we want to get ourselves psychologically off of the pain as much as possible and onto whatever comfort, relief, even the words we use, right? If we say like, push through the pain, I would begin to use language like, what are some ways I could find some sense of relief? How can I find a little bit of comfort right now? What are some ways that I can find an easy thing to make me feel a little bit better? You hear like that language is referencing comfort, relief, um, feeling better, you know? So it's just words. And, and again, I'm not saying that does all of the, the, all everything, but it starts to orient your mind away from the pain, you know? So I, I hope that was a little bit. I'm just as yes, they don't support you at all. Yeah, it's just true, right? People just don't necessarily support you. Um, yeah, Victoria says you're so honest and helpful. Thank you. I appreciate that. I try to be as honest as possible. I think that's what I do bring a little bit. How do you deal with food addiction? Yeah, food addiction, right? Um, there's it's really a two-pronged approach, right? So the first part, it's very much like drugs, you know, in the sense that the food at this point, you know, when you're addicted to food, it's usually processed foods, which are designed to be as addictive as humanly possible. I mean, literally, the foods that we're eating now that are processed are literally created in a lab by PhD chemists. You know what I mean? Like, I always use this as an example. This is just one tiny, tiny, tiny example. Frito-Lay has an entire campus where they're creating their, their products. And um, in one of these campus, one of these labs they have, they have a $40,000 chewing machine that, that figures out the exact perfect pounds per square inch of pressure that's the most addictive for humans to chew. Right. So, so a, when it comes to food addiction, the first thing is the substance. It's, it's extremely addictive. And that's just one tiny example. Pounds per square inch. This is one thing. There's hyper palatability, the flavors of it. There's mouthfeel. Um, there's meltdown, what they call it. As soon as you put your mouth out, it melts down because our brain loves easy, easy calories, you know? And so there's so many factors in the foods that are processed now that are so addictive. So the first step is replacing and reducing processed foods with more natural foods. That's the first step. The second step is, I guess this will be a two-pronged, because the, the, the middle step, I guess is a middle step. So the first step is eating more natural foods, less processed foods. The next step is to make sure you're eating enough. Okay. And so I guess this kind of bleeds into eating more natural foods because a lot of times you'll get addicted to food if you're trying to starve yourself. There's no faster way to get obsessed and addicted with food than 
being addicted to food, eating lots of processed food, then starting on a diet where you're starving yourself, getting really, really hungry, stoking up that hunger and that addiction and obsession with food, then going back to eating processed foods, then getting pissed off, going on a diet, starving yourself, getting obsessed with food, going back to the processed food. That's, it's a loop, right? And, and you don't want to do that. So we want to, again, reduce the processed foods. That helps. Start eating more natural foods. That helps. Um, make sure you're eating enough food, okay? So you're not starving. That's a big factor of it. And then the big one, the mindset, right? And that, that's my specialty. The mindset is how you're thinking about the food. And so it's a process. I want to make that clear. But you've probably gone through that journey with, with cigarettes to some degree, even if you weren't a smoker. I was never a smoker. But in my life, I've really seen cigarettes go from this relatively benign thing. People just, it was a thing to do to, you know, how dangerous they actually are. And so the cigarette didn't change, right? Cigarette was always the same thing. It was our, it was our mindset. So at this point now, if you know, if you're a non-smoker, it's not because you're fighting cravings all day. It's because the way you think about the cigarettes, you don't have any cravings, you know, or you're disgusted by them, you see? And so it's the same thing with the food. You got to think about it, right? Every, you've probably been exposed to literally millions of food advertisements in your life. Every one of those is a hypnosis session to get you addicted and obsessed with food mentally, you know, create those associations to it. And so the mindset piece, I don't have time to go into every detail of how to do that. That's a whole program. But, um, but that's the third piece is that mindset, mindset piece with it. Um, yes, yeah, so I just say you order the pizza, you have it, and I eat what I want. Yeah, that's great, Joe. Yeah. But again, you want to have a strategy pre-planned. You don't want to try and see what you're doing. The first person that asks is you're just like, each time you get in that situation, you don't really have a plan. You know, you just kind of run through, oh, I wish they didn't order the pizza. God damn it. Why do they keep ordering the pizza? Every time I want to lose weight, they're messing. And you're getting that conversation. There's no solution in sight, you know? Um, yeah, Kelly says, thanks. First time I gave in and had one slice. Next time I did and felt stronger for not giving in. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> and that's what you want to focus on. You know, exactly that. Yeah. It's again, you know, the biggest problem humans have is that you have a negativity bias. And so it's, it's almost, it's very difficult for you to not think about the problems, what someone did or what you did wrong. It's very difficult for your brain not to focus on the problems and instead to focus on the solutions. And that really, in a nutshell, is the big shift you need to make to become the person you want to be. But it's hard. It's hard to do, and especially without any support and understanding how to do that. Um, Jill says, yes, when I was having a heart attack, trying to calm down, a breath really helped. Oh, my goodness, Jill. Um, yeah, breathing is really, really important for, for pain management. How to lose weight and be skinny. How to lose weight at thighs especially. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, losing weight and being skinny, again, it's, it's a lifestyle. You know, it's a, it's a it's a forever plan is what I always go through. So, I mean, obviously there's short-term plans that people offer. Um, but for me, it's like, if it's not, if it's not long-term, I'm not interested, you know? Now the next step is like spot reduction. Forget it. There's no spot reduction. <laughs> you can't just like lose weight in your, in your belly, you know? Um, you'll slim down and you'll lose the weight where you lose it. But this brings up a good point to me. I think weight mastery requires two things. It's action. It's living and eating and, and exercising the way that you want to, to get to the weight you want um, into the body you want, excuse me. Um, but the other side of it is acceptance. You know, at some point you've got to accept you've got your body, you know? And so your thighs might be bigger than other people's thighs. Even if you lose the weight, your hips might be bigger. Your belly might be a little bigger. So I, I, I hate to say this, right? I don't want to bum anyone out, but I mean, we know this deep down, you know this, right? So it's like, you got to bring this to the surface. And again, during this process of weight mastery, we can't just change everything. You know, I'd love to grow a beautiful head of hair it's not happening. So it's like, you know, at some point you got to accept who you are and start loving yourself because that's a huge part of weight loss and weight mastery because you, you have a thing called dopamine and it can always want more than you have no matter what. And so if you just think getting to X amount of pounds is going to make you happy and never feel less than again, that that's crazy. I hope you know that. And so you have to manage that, you know, you have to manage how you feel about yourself and you have to develop that love um, and care for yourself. And appreciate who you are as a person. Again, the process, in my opinion, is about becoming the best version of you. You know, you can't be someone else. And it's hard for us not to think that way because we live in the craziest world, right? If you think about it, it's really like we live in a, a time that's never been had in entire history, human history, last hundred years, 50 years, especially, you constantly have these images of perfection put in front of you. I mean, I don't want to say billions, but, but hundreds of millions of images of perfection, perfection put in front of you. You're probably not perfect. I'm not perfect. And so it doesn't matter. My brain still thinks oh, I want to look like Brad Pitt and fight club. Well, I'm not looking like Brad Pitt and fight club. You know what I mean? No matter how much I train, no matter what I do, you know? And so at some point there's gonna be some acceptance, but if you do it properly, there can be a lot of power from that acceptance, you know, and it resolves a lot of the, if you ignore it, 
because you're always dopamine's the grass is always greener chemical. The dopamine's what what always is like, oh, I could do this. Oh, I could look like that. I could be this. I could do that. I could do that. It's never content. That's its job. Again, it, it, it promotes seeking behavior. It's always pushing you forward. It's good and bad, like everything else. The bad part is, though, is it compares you to everything else. It can make you feel like shit. So you've got to manage that from the beginning because there's literally no one. You got to understand that. I remember I had a coach, a, a program yourself thin coach that I certified, and she was a competitive bodybuilder. And I said, what was it like when you got to that single digit body fat for a woman? You know, when you're peak, right about to go on the stage, what was it like? She goes, I just noticed, I noticed imperfection still. Do you know what I mean? So it, it, it's a mindset. It, it, it never ends. Physically, you can't get to a perfect place. It doesn't exist. I promise you. So you've got to create the mindset that you accept that and you're okay with it. All right. <clears throat> Would you say it's yogurt or processed? Um, yeah, they're a little processed, but I, again, there's, there's a scale of processing. You know what I mean? And I would put oats and yogurt on the um, fine. I mean, even oats, right? It's, there's different kinds of oats and they're more processed as you move along. So there's like instant oats, um, five minute oats, and then oats you got to cook for a while. And so out of those three, the ones you cook for a while are the less processed ones and probably the best ones. Um, but again, instant oats compared to, you know, sugar cereal, it's way better. You know what I mean? Everything's relative, you know, but I, um, I wouldn't necessarily think of those as processed, even though they are, you know what I mean? It just depends where you're at. So I don't know the rest of your diet. Um, I would eat those and I don't really think of them as processed so much. I think of it more as like the number of ingredients that are in things, um, the processing that goes into how they're manipulating those ingredients, you know, but the number of ingredients is really big. That's one of the big things I look at. Kelly says, happy. I found your hypnosis to help stop smoking. Husband feels it's the only way you can stop. Yeah. Yeah. Listen to those sessions. I got them on. Um, they're there. They're way down at the bottom, but they're there. I, I did one. I, I, I thought they're pretty good. Victoria says, I was yo-yo dieting for years until I stopped flow. I started following your approach. Oh, great, great. Yeah, that's awesome, Victoria. Yeah. Yeah, my approach makes the most sense. <laughs> I really believe that. It's not like I'm the only one with the answer, but geez, I always joke that I'm a, I got the number one weight mastery program on the planet. And um, I believe I do anyways, but I, I think I'm like the only one, you know, like it's like no one's thinking about weight mastery. No one's saying like, how do you live at your goal weight for the rest of your life? It's all about like short-term weight loss. And so those strategies suck, <laughs> you know, trying to lose weight fast is like an extreme process and it's really built for the short term. And this is the trap you're in most likely where you just keep, you know, you try it for a little bit. It, it works. It, you can't stick with it. You, you fall off it. Then go, time goes by and you get on it again and do it. So yeah. Awesome. I'm glad this is working for you. How do you stop always going to food when you're bored, sad, happy, et cetera? Yeah. Emotional eating. So listen, it's not your fault. I mean, you've been conditioning the society to, use food as the main emotional management strategy in your life, you know? And so, yeah, a big part, again, this is the mindset approach, the, the deeper aspects of mastering your weight. This is one of the biggest, um, this is, again, in my program, we have a mindset the, the first we have weight mastery blueprints and there's a mindset, a lifestyle and eating one, the mindset one, again, there's motivation, self-image habits, and then emotions and then thinking and maintenance. But the emotion piece is so crucial because do you know how to feel the emotions you want without food? Do you know how to deal with the shitty emotions in your life without food? Probably not. You never learned how to do that because everyone's using food, you know? So yeah, it's a process. But I will tell you this. What a lot of people do, I think the biggest mistake when it comes to emotional eating is people say, okay, well, I'm, I'm eating for, I'm, I'm boredom eating. I'm a big boredom eater. eater. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to stop eating when I'm bored, right? But hey, listen, the food was the excitement for you. You know what I mean? Like you're bored and you're using the food for excitement. You say, I'm going to get rid of the food. Well, hey, guess what? You just got rid of the excitement too. So you have to recognize how you're using the food because there's different patterns of emotional eating. Some you're using to, I don't, I don't want to feel lonely. Some are saying, I want to celebrate. So there's different, you know, intentions behind them. You want to identify what they are and then ask the question, if it's boredom eating, how can I entertain myself or excite myself in a way that doesn't involve food? And you don't have that right now. You don't have that answer right now, but you're also not asking that question. And that's part of the process. Again, weight mastery is really, it's, it's a journey. It's an evolutionary process of evolving and growing and, and turning into the person you want to be. It's not something you start tomorrow on a Monday and just become it. Like you, you don't because, I mean, you can become it start tomorrow, no doubt. But a diet, there's nothing to that. You're not growing. You're not evolving on a diet. You're basically just restricting and stopping yourself from doing bad things. You're not turning into the person you want to be. Okay. So that's exactly it with emotional eating. You want to identify the emotions that you're using the food for 
and then begin asking the question, what are better ways I can experience these emotions without the food? <clears throat> um, Marion says, how can I stop drinking wine? I can stop smoking, lost 12 kilos of weight, had discipline for 30 weeks. Um, yeah, stop drinking wine. I mean, it's the same as anything else. You know, the first thing you gotta do is get congruent. Again, you're drinking wine because you're getting something positive out of it. You know, so instead of just like, I'm going to just get rid of the wine because, yeah, you get rid of the wine, but you're also getting rid of whatever positive thing you're getting out of it. Probably relaxation, unwinding from the day, you know, kind of recovering. You're using the wine for that. And so you say, I'm going to stop drinking the wine. But you also got rid of your strategy to unwind and relax and recover for the next day. Right. So what you do again, this is the diet mentality. You just get rid of everything. I'll get rid of the wine. We get rid of the shitty food and we get rid of this and we stop doing that. And, so, and what happens is you end up with a giant vacuum. Well, what do I do now? Well, what, what am I supposed to do? <laughs> You know, and it freaks you out, even to the point like you even are able to get to your goal weight. It's still it's the same things. You're so focused on just losing weight. I just want to lose weight. Just don't lose weight. You're never thinking about who you want to be. What weight do you want to live at? Who do you want to be when you get to that goal weight? And if you haven't prepared yourself, I know it may sound strange because you never think of this. But what you're doing with your weight loss with the diet approach is you're creating a giant vacuum mentally, emotionally and physically. And so you want to fill that vacuum up with what you want to do during that time when you drink wine. And I'm not saying it's easy. It doesn't make it easy, but it's a process that leads you in a direction that it's not just about not doing it. It's about doing something different. hope that makes sense. Um, Jill says, I do this every day. What did you say? I did this every day till I was on day one of this program. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jill's killing it. Jill's in the program itself in course. And she's, again, I, I mean, my program, it's like, it's a, just, to, let me give you this example. And I, I'm not saying it's just to pitch it, but it's um, just to, just to point out how inadequate your approach is. <laughs> That's my point. And I'm not saying it's be an asshole. I'm just saying it's just to clarify because we learn through contrast. Okay. And you're just so surrounded by diets that you can't even see another way to actually lose it. The main three ways people think about losing weight, diets, pills, surgery, right? Those are the big three. And then there's like, oh yeah, I know I should do a lifestyle mindset change, but you have no idea how to do it. You know? So in my program, the first thing you do is you learn the program yourself thin technique, which is a self-hypnotic program technique where you program your own subconscious mind because your subconscious mind is what's controlling all of your habitual thoughts, feelings, behaviors, ultimately your weight. And so you learn this one minute technique you use at night to program your subconscious mind to change your behaviors, be the weight you want to be at. The next step is the weight mastery blueprints, mindset, lifestyle, eating. You create the exact blueprints that are going to work for you, right? So they're custom made to you and you go through these and then you have them and you follow them forever. Um, and then you have eight weeks of hypnosis sessions. Every morning you wake up, you listen to a five minute hypnosis session. It's all delivered through an app on your phone. Um, you listen to that five minute session. Each day is different mantras that you're going to put in your head at night. You listen to a sleep gnosis session you get new mantras put in your head. Um, then there's 20 other sessions in the library. And then we have coaching calls every Tuesday and Thursday. We have one coming up in about a half hour and I work with you. So it's like, imagine that approach to weight loss. And now think about what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to wake up on a Monday and try and stop eating carbs by yourself with no understanding of anything. You just got some, I'm going to try and stop eating carbs, right? And insert whatever you want. I can insert what it doesn't matter what diet you're doing. Cause I know it's the same thing. Well, you know, okay. Maybe it's not carbs. Oh, okay. I'm going to wake up Monday. I'm going to try and not eat for 12 hours. Okay. It's Monday. I'm going to try and uh, not eat so much fat. Okay. I'm going to try and not eat sugar today, whatever, you know, but that's it. Talk about like a, a one dimensional inadequate approach. You know what I mean? Compared to what I just described to you. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, that's why Jill's killing it. Um, how many did you do? What did you do every day? True, I've been really, really skinny and still didn't like what I saw. Yeah, I am. That part of that acceptance part of it is huge. And with holidays, drank one and had parties, and it was us. Uh, was why no weight gain? Um, I'm six hundred sixty-three centimeters tall, weight one fifty-eight kilograms. Could you please tell me what my daily calories should be? I couldn't tell you that. Um, I couldn't tell you what your daily calories could be. I don't, I don't really like that approach. You know, again, I, I get it. I know calories and calories out is a great way to lower your weight. No doubt about it. Um, but again, everything I do is really built on practicality. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss. I've done this for 20 years and I'm the nuts and bolts of what actually gets people long-term results, you know, and count calories. Again, I like using it as a calibration tool, but counting calories all the time. It's just, I don't know. It, you know, it is what it is. But again, what I like to do is I like to go, more intuitively at it and focus on like, what's your worst eating habit? You know, um, let's focus on that and, and fix that. And I think that's going to get you further because you're counting calories, all that shit you're going to do for a little while. And then you're going to stop counting calories and you'll, you'll have no extra benefit. Again, how many diets have you done? Everyone, right? How many times have you tried doing a diet? And I would, I would wager that, you know, as little about how to lose weight now as you did before you started your first diet, you're not any better off, you know? And so, 
stop doing that. <laughs> you know, don't worry about the calories. Focus on your worst habit, the habit that's showing up three, four, five times a week. Focus on that first and work on fixing that or reducing it or making it better. You know, don't worry about counting calories. That takes a lot of energy. You know? um, I set goals with the drinking thing, having zero in April before that once a week, slowly removing. Good job. Good job. Um, it's better than any diet. This program will work for my life. No diet does that. Yeah, exactly. That's right, Jill. Again, because, you know, the, the main part of my program is, is really customizing it to you, you know? So even the eating um, blueprint, it's really built around you, how you want to eat. When's the last time you created a weight mastery plan that was built around what you like to eat and um, your lifestyle and your preferences? Have you ever done that? <laughs> you know, it's just, again, you know, it's like this idea, like, oh, give me a meal plan. You know, let me give you a meal plan. Let me give you the, the 60 day meal plan. Cause I've seen these meal plans, right? 60 days. Let's just stick at 30 days. So I can do the math easy. A 30 day meal plan, right? Three meals a day. They're all different. Cause I got to, Oh, I need different stuff. I'm going to diet. I can't eat the same thing. I get bored too easy. It's got to be interesting or I'm not going to stick with it. Yeah, okay. Well, here you go. Here's your meal plan for 30 days and it's 90 different meals. How's that make you feel? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like you need, a, I was just reading this. It was so, this book is so good. The, the will, willpower effect. And um, it's like one of the things they're talking about, because we have two, two nervous systems, right? We have a sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight and our parasympathetic nervous system, our rest and digest system. And um, they, they kind of re reframed it a little bit and they call it the pause, pause and reflect, I believe. Pause and plan, pause and plan. And so when you go into a diet, you know, you're, you're in this sympathetic nervous system state, this fight, flight, or freeze. When you think about weight loss, you get all stressed and tense because you get anxious from it, right? It's like something you think about it all the time. So not only are you in a constant state of sympathetic nervous system, but you're just like, it's always, you're never really reflecting on what you're doing. But if you take a step back and look at how you're trying to lose weight, it's fucking goofy. It's, it's goofy to the extreme. And I say this because you spend so much time, you spend so much time thinking about your weight loss and I want you to recognize that your strategies are trash. They're not even strategies. You know what I mean? It's just you waking up someday and magically thinking you're just going to eat better. It's crazy. You know? So that's the first step, right? The first step to change is to realize what you're doing isn't working. You know? So that, again, that's why I do a lot of these is to let you know that what you're doing is not working. And it's not your fault. That, that's the other key message I want to give you. Because I know what most people do is like, oh, diets work for that person. Look at those before and after pictures. Diet works. There must be something wrong with me. I must be a food addict or I must have no willpower. I can't change. Well, what if it's just the problem is that every time you try and lose weight, it's a diet approach where you're just trying to restrict yourself from eating foods and you have no support and you have no understanding of the deeper aspects that are driving your behavior. Could it be that the, the strategy, the strategy you keep trying to follow is complete horse shit. And maybe that's the problem. And you're fine. There's nothing wrong with you. It's just that you've been brainwashed into thinking the only way to lose weight is dieting. And it's not true. <laughs> So cats, hey cat, uh, cat says, how do you go from mindless eating to getting on a schedule? Will getting on a schedule help more? Oh, absolutely. That's you know, I always my golden rule of weight loss is that there's no right or wrong. There's only what works for you. My one exception is that you have got to structure your eating in some capacity. Now that's where we start with my program, the Eating Blueprint. It's a vague structure, right? So the vague structure I give you is five days clean, two days pleasure. Okay, we start there. If that's too much for you, we, we shift it. Again, it's all, you tweak it the way you want to tweak it because, oh my God, imagine this. Imagine you start a weight loss plan and it's not perfect. Oh, gasp. <laughs> Can you imagine? Imagine start, because you can't do that, right? Because if you're going to lose weight, well, I got to go all in. I got to, because what do you do? When you start a weight loss plan, do you not cut 50, 60% of your calories out day one and then just expect to keep that up? Right? It's crazy. So you've got to get on a structure. So yeah, I would say the first the first step to getting on a structured eating plan. Now, don't let that freak you out. A structured eating plan can be as, as unstructured as, as you kind of want it, but you need to have some structure there so you can start to understand it. Because if you just eat willy-nilly all week long, you can't, you don't give your mind any boundaries to be able to understand how to improve it. You see? So the structure is before you even change how you're eating, you don't even have to change how you're eating. You can still eat the exact same way you're eating, but just start to put these structured idea brackets around it. So you say, okay, this is my, this is my breakfast. This is my snack between breakfast and lunch. This is my lunch. This is my snack between lunch and dinner. This is my dinner. This is my snack after dinner. You know what I mean? Like you can start there. Don't even change anything. Just start to, in your mind, conceptualize it this way, because if you just got this 
if you're just all over the place, forget it. Because what I'm talking about is a holistic approach to mastering your weight. And you can't be holistic if you don't know what's leading to the effect over here. I'll give you an example of what I mean. People always ask me, oh, how do you deal with binges? Well, my answer right off the bat all the time without even knowing anything is, are you eating enough food? Because the number one thing I get people ask me is, like, how do I stop eating in the afternoon and at night? Everything's great in the morning and lunch, and then everything falls off the wagon. The wheels come off the bus at night. I say, well, what are you eating for breakfast and lunch? Nothing. Okay, well, what, what do you want to eat for the rest of the day? Nothing. You know what I mean? Like, it's like people get nuts, you know? Well, you have to eat something. And so if you, what a shitty strategy if you get yourself starving as you go into the afternoon and evening, you know? But again, if you don't structure your eating in your mind, you can't tell because it, the binge is not the problem. It's what happened that caused the binge that's usually the bigger problem, you know? So yeah, you've got to get on some kind of schedule. And before you even try changing your eating, just schedulize it. Start to realize the patterns you're eating because I promise you're eating in patterns. Your subconscious mind is very pattern oriented. So there's patterns you're eating by and you've got to recognize what those are, all right? Um, and that is the first step to going from mindless eating to get on more of a schedule because you can't be a mindful eater. You can't just be a mindful eater. That's such a stupid fucking idea. <laughs> like I, I'm a meditate. I've been meditating for 30 years. Right. And so, you know, how hard it is to sit down, eyes closed, just sitting here like this and like, keep my attention, like where I want it to be. Like, it's really hard, you know? And so this idea that you're just going to go through your day, through your week, through your life, and then just be present in the moment, knowing what you're eating is that's never going to happen. Never. Zen monks who dedicate their entire life to being mindful, they have to create a life in an environment that's completely devoid of all distraction because your brain's not meant to be mindful. You know, so yeah, there's no way you're going to be a mindful leader and, and lose weight. That, that's not the plan. So you want to like make it you want to work with your subconscious mind and structuring your eating is the way to do that. Um, Yep, just as mine was. Oh, let's see what that was said. Uh, just as mine, mine was mindless eating. Horrible, isn't it? Yep. I gained five pounds and I finally figured out when I was trying to do it again, I was eating chips. I'm not sure what devigan means. That's a funny misspell. I don't know what that means. Um, yeah, it's scary and I don't know my natural body weight because of it. Yeah, yeah, the mindless eating for sure. It's messed up my hormones. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the program will help me. Yeah, this one. Yeah, this is the program. <laughs> program yourself in. I stopped exercising. I used to, and now I'm so lethargic. I can barely move. Yeah. Um, I messed up my metabolism too. Not after hearing you, no more drastic. Good job, Don. Not because of drink of wine, but because you make your own choice and have to relax about food. Yeah, that's exactly right, Miriam. I know for my size, I should a thousand, but I stopped exercising. I don't even have structural eating times. I eat randomly. That's what caused it. Yeah, yeah. You, you can't just eat randomly because you just... Because you, when you when you eat randomly, your mind can't put cause and effect together, you know. And you need to be able to kind of start equating things, you know, so that so that you can start being more strategic with what you're doing. Does Splenda cause increased cravings? I believe it does. Um, I believe that, you know, I don't I don't know, you know, the the, the cancer stuff with all the artificial sweeteners. I, I don't know. I mean, they're feeding that those mice so much Splenda. I don't think you'd ever eat that much. So I don't know if that's a problem, but yeah, for sure, what's happening is it's such a sweet, it's so sweet on your tongue. Um, that what happens is, is twofold. And, and so I think there's two problems with it that I recognize. The first one is that when you taste something sweet in nature, it implies there's calories coming, right? And so um, your body starts to release insulin to prepare your body for the, the sugar coming. And then what happens when you release the insulin is you, you crash your glucose levels and then you feel really hungry and lethargic and tired. <laughs> and so then you want to eat something. So there's that part of it. And the second part is that when you're eating Splenda, you're calibrating your tongue to really, really sweet and unnatural flavors. And um, a big part of this process of really mastering your weight is calibrating your tongue to natural flavors, to natural foods. And you have to, that's a holistic approach. You can't just make yourself eat vegetables if you hate them. If you're eating a lot of processed foods, if you're eating a lot of Splenda, natural foods are gonna taste like shit. You know, so again, I, I wouldn't eat Splenda because I know it's gonna throw my tongue off and make it harder for me to eat vegetables. I did this. Um, I was saying this like, like a couple weeks ago, some friends had brought some kettle corn over. That's like the sugar, salty corn, you know, and it, there was a bag open. It was on the counter. And, and before I even ate any my breakfast, I ate the same breakfast for 40 years. And it's like, and I love it, you know, but I went and I ate some of this kettle corn and then I went and ate my toast and peanut butter and it didn't taste as good, you know? So again, that's something no one ever really talks about, but the more sugar you eat, the more processed foods you eat, um, they're, they're 
especially like the pal the hyper the processed foods they're created for to find a bliss point i mean it's so engineered that if you're eating that shit what i always think of it this way that the more processed foods you're eating the less you're going to like natural foods you know your enjoyment of natural foods is relative to the food you're eating and if you're eating hyper palatable foods that's what they call them if you're eating hyper palatable foods regular old vegetables and fruits even which are sweeter than they've ever been you know what i mean like even the fruits we have now are super sweet um, you know, apples used to be like crab apples back in the day, you know? And so, yeah, if you're, if you're eating a processed food diet, never mind, you know, how it's not good for you. It, it's worse because it makes you not like regular, real good food, you know? So that's one of the reasons why I don't eat it. Um, I tried intuitive and it doesn't, whoop. Um, Kat says, oh, wait a second. I want to get back to that. I tried intuitive and it doesn't work. I ended up in the fast restrict over exercise cycle. Yeah, you can't listen intuitive eating. If you're overweight or if you're dealing with cat, like, like some eating disorder stuff, don't trust your intuitions. They're fucked. <laughs> your intuitions are all messed up. That's what, that's why you're in the situation you're in. Okay. So if you're overweight or if you're struggling with eating in any capacity, don't trust your intuitions yet. Okay. You can retrain your intuitions and then you can trust them. Okay. But you can't trust them right now. That's what got you in trouble in the first place, okay? So that intuitive eating idea that you just have some natural form of eating within you. Um, yeah, maybe if you're in a natural environment, you, you know what I mean? Like, like then you could start trusting your intuitions. But in an unnatural environment with the way you've been living, I wouldn't trust your intuitions. I would intentionally work to, you know, develop better practices and strategies and ways of thinking and acting. And then you can start to trust your intuitions, you know? Um <laughs> Brioski, what's up? I just ate a horrible lunch, lol. <laughs> pierogies. Oh, BLT and pierogies. All right, that's an odd combination. Instead of fries, you had a pierogies with it. Yeah, man, those pierogies. Good Lord, right? But okay, so this is cool. This will give me an opportunity to say this because one of, see, this is the thing, right? My program, this is, you need this reinforced. I'll say it, you'll forget it, whatever. One of the core things you need to do to change your weight more than anything else is utilization, okay? And what this means is, you know, you just ate a BLT and pierogies. And what you don't realize is now is the ideal time for you to lose weight. Okay. And what I mean is this, is that a lot of times when we eat the BLT and pierogies, we either check out and we just ignore it, just kind of disassociate from our bodies. We feel like shit as well. Um, or we beat ourselves up about it. Neither one of those are going to help you. What you want to do is you want to be present and connect with your body. Notice how it feels physically, how you feel after eating a BLT and pierogies, connect to that. Mentally and emotionally, how do you feel after eating a BLT and pierogies? Notice how you feel this afternoon energetically, emotionally, mentally after doing that. Probably pretty shitty. And what you're looking to do is you're looking to connect to that feeling. Because again, the biggest thing I can say to I, that I, I help people do in my program is subconsciously orient them when they think about food from the consumption because most of the time when people think about what they're going to eat, they're thinking about the eating of something. So they're thinking, oh, BLT is good, good. Oh, pierogies are good. And they're just thinking about eating it, and that's it. What I have them do is I have them go five minutes past the eating to the consequence phase. And that consequence phase is always there. And you never connect to that. And so what you're doing is, listen, everything's good and bad. BLT and pierogies are good and bad. They're good when before you've eaten them and you're thinking about them and while you're eating them. And then they're bad when you have to deal with the consequences of them short-term and long-term consequences of them. And so it's up to you to take control of this process and refocus yourself on the consequences. They're both real, okay? But you've had a lifetime of advertisements and culture conditioning you to focus on the consumption of it. So your food decisions are made by, how's it gonna taste on my tongue? Where my food decisions are made, how am I gonna feel five minutes after I finish it? And that makes all the difference in the world. Should I ease into exercising again or should I just get back into it? Um, I'm always a big fan of easing into things. You know, but, but there's a time and place for everything. I used to run and now I have, I used to run and now I have no energy to. Yeah, then I wouldn't run much. I mean, I would get my energy back up, Kat. I, I, I would relax and I would, um, I would get my energy back up is what I'd be thinking. And that's probably more eating. If I had to guess, knowing your situation a little bit, you probably aren't eating enough, if I'm guessing. Because if you're eating intuitively, that means you're probably under eating, right? Um, what about coconut sugar? Same. Geez, you know, I, I coconut sugar. Um, yeah, I mean, same because it's really sweet, you know. Uh, now, I will tell you, here I am saying this. I want to be clear and transparent. You know, this week, I don't know what happened, but I, I was reading this book and it was talking about like the sweetest thing in nature is honey, right? And so it got me thinking about honey. And so my wife took out, she's going to make a recipe and she took out the raw honey and I started eating some of it. And I was, because I was thinking, I'm like, oh, you know, and I'm like, is this bad? Is this as bad as sugar? 
and I guess like technically like, oh yeah, it's just as it'll spike your blood sugar and all the rest of it, but it's natural. So I don't know, you know, I would, I would take, again, everything's relative. So I think we have to get out of the all or nothing mindset, but I like to think about things on a spectrum. And so, you know, is, is coconut sugar better than regular sugar? Probably. I don't know a lot about coconut sugar. I'll have to look that up. Um, is coconut sugar better than Splenda? I would say absolutely. I don't give a shit about that. That whole, I'll tell you, that's the funniest thing in the world to me. People that, I don't know how much calories in a packet of sugar. I, I can't remember. I remember looking it up, but it was minuscule. So, so people, you know, this idea that you're not eating sugar and you're avoiding calories, uh, I think is just a funny one. You know what I mean? It was that like, was that saying like, um, penny wise, pound foolish, you know, but anyways, but so, um, yeah, I would take coconut sugar over Splenda, no doubt. Cause it's natural. I always take the natural thing over the, the bullshit. Cause you don't know about the bullshit. You know, you can't trust these guys. Oh, Lou, the FDA looked at it. Uh, yeah. How long they look at it for. I don't trust anything like that. Um, I'll always take the natural thing over the artificial one. Um, and then obviously I will take no sugar over sugar. You know what I mean? So again, I think of it as a spectrum, you know? Um, yes, the shift from all that fake stuff to real food allows weight loss. Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely true. I totally get that. How do we gear our taste to natural foods? Yeah, you have to just grit and bear it. Um, not really. I mean, that's part of it. But again, it's, it's always a mindset piece. You know, the mindset piece is 100% of it. So I could sit here and tell you a tactic for eating vegetables. But if you don't have the mindset piece, forget it. So I say, well, tell me the mindset piece, Jim. Uh, you, I can't tell you the mindset piece. You have to, you have to commit yourself and learn the mindset piece. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of like saying like I play something on the piano, like, Oh my God, Jim, how'd you play that? Well, I can show you. I mean, but, but if you want to learn it, you, you'd have to learn it, <laughs> you know, and it's the same thing with mindset. So it's like, I could tell you, I tell you mindset. I know that's unsatisfying for you, but it takes a commitment. Just like if you're going to learn anything, you know, which brings my whole spiel that you know, another, you've been hypnotized by the diets to not think about weight loss properly, which is why you're stuck. You know what I mean? And one aspect of that is the fact that you have probably never really made a real commitment to your weight. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is that when I think about commitment, I think about college. And I think when you go to college, that's a real good analogy for a real commitment because it takes a bit to get in there. Then you invest a lot of money, go through a lot of bullshit to get in there. And then you know the whole time, okay, I'm going to commit to this thing. So I end out at the end, a better person, but I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult. And that's what I'm investing in a support system, structure, a good school, all this stuff. But you're committing, you're making a big commitment to something that's difficult. And when you go to lose weight, you're not making that commitment. You're making a commitment that it's much more like Coursera, right? You know, Coursera, the site where you can take like all the college courses for free. But it's like you go there and like you do it and it's like I've done this. It's like you go and do it and you you're into it until it's hard or boring and then you bounce. You're oh, that's enough of that, you know. And that's what your weight loss is like. There's no real commitment. As soon as that scale stops moving, you know what I mean. Like like a week, two weeks of the scale not moving much, you're you're done. You, you know what I mean. You're not really committed. And that's the core of pretty much everyone's problem. That's the core problem you have um, because you can't learn the mindset if you don't make a commitment, you know. So. Yeah, I don't, you know, again, I, I could sit here and tell you the mindset stuff, but it's like, again, you have to, it's just like the piano metaphor. You know what I mean? Like, again, I could show you, da, 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 that didn't teach anything. You're not going to be able to play the piano after I show you that. You have to commit to learning it, you know, and putting the work in and practicing it. You know, same thing here. Um, um, slowly make the shift that ends up a natural change. Yep. Um, best self care practice to eat foods that mentally or emotionally make you feel and live better. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. That's definitely true. Is taking it slow better, like if slowly back into working out? Yeah, I would say so, Kat. I mean, what's the rush? You know, I mean, everything's, in my opinion, slower. And I'm, I'm so optimized to that. Oh, thanks for the rose. Um, I'm, I'm so optimized to taking things slowly because you, you're, you're over, you've been over um, conditioned to think of your weight loss in short-term timeframes. You know, so I'm always like trying to balance that back out by always taking everything slow because I don't want to take anything fast. I can do anything. I've done enough challenges in my life. My wife and I do it all the time. You have 28 days, 38 challenge and we do it and then never do it again. Uh, enough of that. You know what I mean? So I remember making the decision a long time ago, especially my weight, my, my eating, my health, that I was really only going to do things I could stick with long term. And that has been the most useful. <laughs> thanks for the, the buddy. Um, that's been the most useful distinction I've made. You know, no doubt about it. So yeah, I, I think everything slow is is better. You know, the longer it takes, the longer it lasts. I really do believe that. Yeah. Um, and will getting on a schedule make me gain more, or is that in my head? 
No, Kat, listen, it, it's not that it, it's not the schedule gain more. What the schedule will do is it'll let you see things more clearly so that you can be more strategic to go in the direction you want. See, again, everyone just wants to lose weight right away. A bunch of little babies. <laughs> I don't know. So, but you know what I mean? Like, like honestly, if, if, if we put this in a different saying, like the way you are with your weight, it's like, it's like if you looked at a little kid and you're like, oh, you want to learn the piano? Like, I'll do it. But if I'm not good in a month, I'm quitting. You know, what would you say to him? Yeah, that, that's smart. Yeah, let's see. Let's see how you are in a month. And yeah, if you're not any good, you should, you should quit. Is that what you say to the kid? Or what would you say? No, no, no. It's a long-term thing. You commit to it, right? But now look at how you approach weight loss. You approach it like that little kid. And that's what you're always doing. Again, it's that mindset you're trapped in. Is you, I don't know how you'd ever get out of it, you know, if you stay in that mindset. Um, but getting on a schedule, what it does is the first step is getting on a schedule so that you can start to see what you're doing. You, you don't know what you're doing. I promise you that. You know, you really don't. You think you do and you don't. I've done over 5,000 private weight loss sessions. I promise you don't know what you're doing. You think you do. And that's the first problem you got, okay? So once you put yourself on a schedule, you can start seeing what you're doing and then you can start to notice what the results are, okay? You look at your schedule, you start to understand what you're doing and you see, am I gaining more or am I losing weight? But now you have some real measurements you can you can see because if you're just going by your emotions, forget it, forget it. You're, you're way off. Is it true diet is 80% weight loss? Is it true diet is 80% weight loss? I don't exercise and I've only focused on diet. Yeah, absolutely. I remember when I wanted to lose, I lost 50 pounds. When I wanted to lose 50 pounds, I remember, again, I had a whole different, I, I was very fortunate the way I, I was able to come to it. But anyways, I built around myself and I, I didn't like exercising. So I said, how can I lose weight without exercise? I'm lazy. And so it's like, well, the easiest thing is I'll just, I'll focus on the eating because I just have to eat less. I'll focus on my laziness. I'll utilize that. And so I really just focused, your, your eating is hundred percent your weight. You know, that's what I'd say. Um, I literally just poured out my skinny syrups. It's terrible for us. Good. Raw honey is, has some good benefits, I think. Yeah, that's what I think, Jill, too. I, I'm going to look those up, but I, I believe it does. It probably does have some good benefits. Most natural stuff kind of does. Is getting on a routine instead of intuitive eating going to make me gain more? That scares me. I mean, it'll do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like once you have some structure, you can, you know, okay, listen, the structure, it's like the scale is a form of structure in a way, but with the more structure you have, so you have so much emotional stuff tied into all this stuff, whether it's a scale or structure in your reading or whatever. And this emotional stuff, you don't have to get through it. Again, that's a mindset factor, but whatever. But it's like, look at the speedometer of your car. You don't freak out if you're going too fast or too slow. You just look at it, you stay calm, and then you just adjust accordingly. That's what I'm talking about getting you on a path where you are in control of your weight. You want to gain more weight, you eat more and you do it strategically. You want to lose weight, you strategically cut some calories out. You know, a couple of years ago, it was like two years ago, I wanted to drop five pounds. Guess how long I gave myself to drop five pounds? It's going to freak you guys out. Three months. I gave myself the whole summer. Why? Because I want to make slow incremental changes that are going to last forever. And, and it worked perfectly. I found that prolonged fasting 48 hours allows me to reprogram my taste buds to enjoying more veggies. Yeah, great. Um, I lost getting in schedule. Nope. Hey, Slovakia. All right. What's up, Vincent? I eat fresh foods and love to cook from scratch, but potato chips are my kryptonite. How can I stop? Um, I wouldn't stop. You know what I mean? Like, like I'm not a big fan of stopping anything. Um, I've got a, a general structure of five days, clean eating, two days, pleasure. And, um, I would, I would compress the potato chip eating to those two days and I enjoy the shit out of them. If I were you, you know, um, that's what I would do because again, the diet mindset's always the all or nothing thing. You know what I mean? And it's, it's like, I don't have time to get into this right now, but, but the all or nothing mindset is just talk about kryptonite is <laughs> the kryptonite to your weight loss is the all or nothing mindset. So you can eat the potato chips, um, but just put them, compress them. So you're not eating them six days a week, five days a week. You know what I mean? You only eat them two days a week. Let's start there. Um, well, I got scared because it would be more eating more technically, but I don't know. Oh, well, eating more technically. Yeah, yeah, I got you, Kat. I don't know. You know what I mean, though? Listen, Kat, the, the problem isn't that you were eating technically. The problem is that you had probably unhealthy goals that you were setting for yourself. You know what I mean? So don't conflate the two. Don't think that you got in the trouble you got into because you're being so strict with your eating. I would suggest that the harder part was that you were, the goal you were aiming at with that strictness was the main problem. I don't know your situation, but I'd just say that. Um, it all comes down to what we eat. Try to focus on whole foods and you will be fuller. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Absolutely. Um, I'm not underweight though. Yep, yep. Um, the longer it takes, the longer it lasts. Yeah, there it is, right? Right, absolutely. Okay, yeah, but that person said, I'll gain if I have, so I don't know. I'm not where I want to be. Cat, what do you want to do? You want to lose weight? You want to gain weight? I feel like I, I can never get a clear beat on where you're at with that. Um, 
schedule is key. Schedule is key. It really is. I, I don't know how anyone could, could really change anything without having some understanding of where they're at, right? Um, it's like trying to change something blind. You know, it's just not going to work. Greetings from Cyprus. All right. How you doing? Hey, Cyprus. I said two pounds a month goal takes the noise away. Yeah, that's exactly right. You can take the noise away. You know, that's what people say about like the, um, the, uh, the Ozempic, you know what I mean? Or the injections like, oh, it gets rid of the food noise. And it's like, yeah, well, guess what? There's lots of ways to get rid of the food noise. You don't have to give yourself thyroid tumors to get rid of the, the food noise. You know, it's crazy. Um, you know what I mean? So yeah, lose LOL because I gained 50 pounds from all the restricting then overeating. Exactly. Um, well, how much do you want to lose then cat? See, I, I know it's a cat. So you, your, your situation, there needs to be some congruency, right? Everyone needs congruency because no one, people's goal weights are all screwed up. Just so you all know. Okay. Your goal weight's screwed up. Like you think you want to weigh what you want to weigh, but you don't. My lady doctor who's male, my lady doctor. Okay. Who's male literally told me I'd have to lose a hundred pounds to even think about pregnancy. Yikes. Yeah. Well, is that motivation for you, Brioski? So my kind of a time limit. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, doctors overstate things all the time. You know, I don't know. I mean, so that's a that's a that's a big motivator for you again, right? You want to get pregnant. Yeah, that doctor. I don't. I know. Yeah, I definitely see a second opinion. I mean, you know, but uh, some thirty-eight. Yeah, my friends say get rid of him. Yeah, I, I would get rid of him too. You know, but yeah, you've got big motivation here. So I'm just gonna tell. I mean, I don't know what your situation is, Broski, but you should probably be in my program. You know what I mean? Get you on the right path. I know you're, you. Obviously, I'm gonna assume. I'm gonna assume that you really want to get pregnant and, and move this forward. Um, Forty-nine and hard to lose. Yeah, it gets harder to lose weight when you get older, but I think a lot of that harder to lose weight, yeah, 285. I mean, I don't think uh, 185 to have a kid, that, that's asinine, you know? That might be ideal, you know what I mean? But I don't think I'd get down there. But. Yeah. Um, 49 is hard to lose, but but a lot of that's mindset. Uh, it really is, you know what I mean? Um, some of it's real too. There, there's real, real effects. Um, but what I always say, the older you get, the more important the lifestyle piece gets. So in my program, you have the mindset, lifestyle, and then the eating. And everyone always just focuses on the eating part. You know, the mindset's crucial. But the lifestyle, as you get older, as you get menopausal, postmenopausal, wherever, hormonal, um, metabolic disorder, uh, all those things, the lifestyle becomes extra important. Okay. So um, you know. People's lifestyle, man, it's like, I know because I've gone through it. I know what it's like to be hungry all the time, you know, and you think like you're just that way, but it's it's your lifestyle, you know, and what you're eating. I'm 51 and eating whole foods with schedules really working. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, but I'd say, Brio, I've definitely got a different doctor, but but at the same time, yeah, I mean, 285 to have a baby, it's not, that's not a, that's a tough spot too. I mean, he's he's not completely wrong. You know what I mean? I mean, in fact, a hundred pounds might be a lot, but yeah, I mean, you, you should be very motivated here to, to make this happen for yourself. You know what I mean? It's, it's, and you should take it as a challenge. You know what I mean? Like, like use that as motivation. You know, it's big motivation to be able to tap into. Yeah. Yeah. Jill says I'm 57. If I still eat right. I can lose lots. Yeah. Again, most people don't do the lifestyle piece. You know what I mean? Like, like it's just as important as the eating. It, and it's, it's not like, Ultimately, your weight's dictated by your calories consumed in, in the long run. You know, it's the average calories you're consuming that's going to dictate your weight. But the biggest impact on how many calories you're consuming is your lifestyle. So, so in essence, it's just as important as the eating. You know what I mean? Like, like so I just want to be technical about that. But very few people really focus on their lifestyle, you know, and that, that's really the secret weapon you have. You know, that's why we focus on the program. Um, we can't feel pressure when losing weight or we don't get there. Yeah, you can't feel pressure, but you can also utilize it. Again, you could use that as a tremendous motivator, you know, because um, it's big, you know, 
Because, you know, listen, you know, even the motivation has to be used properly because just, oh, I want to have a baby, so I should be motivated to lose weight now. No, no, that doesn't mean automatic motivation. It doesn't, you know? Because listen, if that was the case, listen, we're all we're all at risk of developing all sorts of health issues and dying earlier if we don't take control of our weight. And yet lots of people don't, you know? So just because there's a factor there, thanks, Don. Um, just because there's an actual real consequence that's right there in front of us doesn't mean it's going to motivate us. Important to remember that. You have to utilize that motivation. Um, yeah, Kat, you're still young. You can still control all this stuff. But what you need to do is you need to get congruent. Choose a weight that you want to live at and give it more meaning, okay? The big thing for you is you can't just get fixated on the, on the scale number. You've got to look at it holistically. Which weight gives you the best quality of life? And that means your happiness, your health, your health, um, other people's, you got to listen to other people a little bit more now, you know, um, take their, what they're saying a little bit more into, into what you're saying. Uh, and what's the best cat? Who, who's the best cat? Not just how you look, not just a weight, but how you feel physically, how you're living, how you feel about yourself. Okay. Um, user, can you explain lifestyle choices that are important? Yeah. So in my program, there's eight lifestyle things we, we work on. There's, and they're, they are in order of importance. Uh, sleeping, proper sleep, hydration, proper hydration, relaxation, proper breathing, nourishment, movement, meditation, gratitude, you know, getting these into your life in some capacity. And, um, and again, I, I show you practical ways to do this, but once you start adding these things in, they make, you know, you, you change yourself from the inside out. You literally transform yourself at a cellular level. I mean, I, I can't overstate it enough. Brioski says in portion control or just calories. I never know what to look at protein, carbs, calories, fiber. Yeah. Yep. Um, I mean, yeah, you need portion control for sure. Uh, I don't have time to get into that. I got to get out of here. But again, if anyone's serious, go, go, <laughs> go get my program. Um, yoga and PMS. Yes. I can't just focus on the food. When I train a lot, I want to eat better. Yeah, sure. Cat says, I don't care about the number per se. I just want to feel better physically and have more energy. Well, great. But you do care about the number. You care about the number a lot. And I don't think that's going to change. You know, listen, I get that all the time because people freak out if I make a, oh, what, what do you want to weigh? Well, so, oh, you're making eating disorders. Well, no, I'm not. You know what I mean? I think that the, the problem is the way you're thinking about the numbers. Because we're all using numbers on some level. I don't know how anyone, like, it's like if you have an eating disorder and you're going to get to the point where you don't care about the number, I feel like there's no way you're going to get to that point. I don't know. Maybe I, I don't know enough about it. I focused on drinking more water for the past 10 days. And today was the first day I felt thirsty. Hey, all right, Margo. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, thirst is is the funniest thing, you know, because you cannot drink water and not feel thirsty. It, it's relative to how much water you drink. So that's awesome. Good job. Grace says, thank you for your talking today. You're welcome. You're welcome. Um, appreciate your time. Yeah, I'm going to get out of here. All right, everyone. Uh, you know the deal. If you haven't gotten it yet, go get the hypnosis session through my bio link. Um, Program Yourself Thins, the podcast. Jim Kitsoulis is YouTube. Uh, yeah. And, uh, cool. I appreciate you all. Have a great day and best of luck. See you later, everyone.